You're listening to the Library Pros Podcast with Chris and Bob, a techie librarian and a computer IT guy discussing libraries, technology, and all things this side of the reference desk. Thanks, Carl, and welcome to episode 57 of the Library Pros Podcast. I'm Chris, and Bob is stuck somewhere in Setauket. Uh, he couldn't make this podcast, so I have a feeling he's still stuck at work or something. So, Greetings from the Station Public Library's booth, recording studio in Holbrook, New York. Uh, Library Pros Podcast is a bi-monthly podcast, so don't forget to subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember to join our email subscription service on our website, uh, thelibrarypros.com. Please consider leaving a review or tell a friend or colleague because word of mouth is how people learn about us. So, uh, Also, if you're on social media, check us out on Twitter at, at the Library Pros or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thelibrarypros. So today joining us is Lisa Zuena. Uh, she's a young adult. Is a young adult or teen librarian? I don't think I have an official title. I'm actually technically a reference librarian that works in the teen services area. Okay. So whatever you want to call me. Okay. So she's from the Massapequa Public Library. Uh, so yeah, she's here on the island uh, in Nassau County, which is the county adjacent to us here in Suffolk. We won't hold it against you. We love the Nassau <laughs> people. And she is the host. I guess you're the host. You're the host slash creator of the Pequa podcast. Yes. Okay. So thanks for coming out. I know you had a, a program here today, and it was just it just worked out that we could actually sit down and chat. So thanks for coming up. Yes, thank you. Okay. So today uh, we're going to talk to Lisa about the idea and development of the Pequa podcast. But first, let's learn more about Lisa and the Massive Pequa Public Library. So where'd you go to library school? I went to Queens College. Queens College. I did. Yeah, um, it's funny how uh, it, you're either a post person or you're a Queens person. Yeah. And then the, the St. John's people start trickling in a little bit, too. True. How did you come to work at Massapequa? I was working part-time at the Mineola Library, and I had been hoping to find a full-time job. I didn't think a full-time job would turn up at Mineola, unfortunately. And I was also working full-time in a law firm. Um, and then a part-time job came up in Massapequa, went in to interview for it, and I was offered the job. And I started thinking, okay, I work full-time at the law firm, part-time at Mineola. Can I juggle another part-time job? I told them this, and I don't know what kind of magic my director worked, but she was able to turn it into a full-time job. Uh, so I wound up, I left Mineola, I left the law firm, and been in Massapequa since 2015. 2015, wow. Yeah. And isn't it funny how civil service is like this weird and mystical place that nobody really understands what the rules really are. Yeah. I I don't know how she did it to this day, but she maybe they had another full-time opening they were going to interview for. I don't know. But Just good timing, good maybe? T- good timing, exactly. No, we'll go with good timing. Yeah. That always works. <laughs> and... Uh, was there an attraction to working with teens, or did they just kind of say, you're the teen librarian? Pretty much. I fell into it at Mineola. Um, they were just looking for someone to work with teens, and I said, sure, why not? You know, I feel like I wasn't a teen that long ago, so I could try to relate with them. <laughs> um, but but I, I wound up loving it, really, from the get-go at Mineola. So when mm-hmm. uh, at the interview in Massapequa, it was just going to be for adult. But I mentioned I worked with teens, and they kind of said, oh, you know, maybe we can have you do both. And Yeah, they probably saw it. They thought, oh. We got one. She actually wants to be with the <laughs> yeah. teens. So. Yeah, no. But I, I really do. I love working with the teens. I, I, I have since the beginning. I know some people are afraid of them, but they're not They're not scary. They're not that bad. No. No. Although you won't catch me downstairs anytime soon. Oh, no. No. <laughs> so, again, talking about that, that comfort level you have working with, with teens, you also have to have a comfort level working with technology, doing what you're doing. Um, because, you know, not every librarian is really comfortable with working with 
forget about the stuff that we do, mm-hmm. you know, as podcasters, but, you know, just dealing with computers and stuff. Yeah. So tell us about, like, your comfort level with the tech. I'm, I've always been comfortable with technology. Um, I didn't study it specifically. Like, I don't have any formal training outside of library school, which, as you know, you don't learn you don't, that yeah. much. <laughs> no, not really. No, I think the most te- technologically oriented class I took was for Microsoft Access, which I have never used since yeah. that class. And, but it, it was very difficult. But uh, I tend to pick up technology pretty quickly. It's something I'm interested in. So mm-hmm. everything is self-taught. Like I, I remember in, in the fourth or fifth grade, I was that kid in my basement on GeoCities making websites. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> without any training, just trying to figure it out, string things together. So I, I've, I've always been pretty comfortable with it. Well, isn't it funny, too? Because um, I went to library school in, from 99 to 01. And uh, it, isn't it interesting how, I mean, I don't know what it's like now. Maybe I'm speaking out of school. But, you know, you don't get a lot of electronic or digital um, technology training when you're in library school. No, I, I feel like Queens was trying. Mm-hmm. I know there was a class dedicated just to technology. But I think I knew everything already. Not not to sound like I'm so great, but I, it wasn't anything. It was very basic. It wasn't anything more advanced and isn't it interesting in library land how it's almost always a second career so i and i for the people who have heard me say it before you can turn off the next 10 or 15 seconds um or fast forward you know that when you come to, to library land you bring this toolkit or this bag of stuff that you brought from your previous job or your previous career mm. and it, it's it actually lends itself towards librarianship because now everybody has a, an expertise in one particular area Hmm. So it really is kind of interesting how that works out that way. Yeah. I mean, in my other job at the law firm, it was, you know, Word and Excel. So I didn't have any training in that way. Uh, but if anything, if I see anything, I try to learn it pretty much. Right. And and we kind of have to learn on the fly here, too, while you're sitting at the reference desk or you're doing, I don't know what you call your one-on-ones here that call them Tech 30s. Um, oh. you, you book a, you, we, we have them book us for a half hour and we go through questions that they have uh, we we don't have anything formal like that it's more if it's not too busy and someone has their ipad and a scared look in their eye we <laughs> we, we say just breathe we've got you and and do yeah, what we it's, can it's really not that bad exactly. it's okay you're gonna live you're gonna make it we're gonna get through this <laughs> yes, yes so when we come back we're gonna speak with lisa about master Pequa, about the Pequa podcast about how it came about how you learned what you learned about what you're doing and what you're doing now and all that fun stuff so we'll be back in just a minute microphones up <laughs> and we are back with lisa zuena zuena right yes okay i'm gonna screw that up at some that, point that's okay everybody's Every, name everybody up. does okay and she's from the massapequa public library um so getting right into it tell us where the inspiration for the Pequa podcast came from and um where the spark was you know where was that spark moment when did, when did it hit you it was more of a process i think Back in, I want to say maybe 2014, I went to a CEU program about podcasting. Um, I had not really known too much about podcasts at that point. I wasn't listening myself. 
um, and I didn't really know how it would work in a library. And it was very tech-oriented. I remember I took all these notes, and there were all these handouts, and I said, oh, this is terrifying. I have to do this one day, but I was part-time at that point. So I said, okay, I don't know if I could do this right now, but I'm going to put it in the back of my mind. And then at my interview for Massapequa, I... I just I didn't want to be just a seat warmer. I didn't want to just sit at the reference desk, um, which it has its value, of course, and I do enjoy doing that. But I asked, will there be opportunities to do programming? And they said, oh, you know, maybe. What kind of things are you interested in doing? And I mentioned a bunch of things, but I mentioned doing a podcast, which was probably arrogant on my point on my part because I really didn't know too much about it at that point. But they their eyes kind of lit up. You know, my director and my assistant director at the time, their eyes lit up. So I said, okay, if I get this job, I have to do that. Um, and then I, I got the job. I, I didn't want to do it right away. I had a lot of other, you know, just getting used to library land full time. And then I started to notice the same teens coming back. And I saw their passion for other clubs and activities that we did. So I said, okay, I think now's the time to, to try this. Um, and I just did like a general interest meeting for the teens just to say, okay, I want to do this. What do you guys think about it? What kind of direction do you want to go in it? And they, I've never seen them be so excited about something that wasn't, you know, like a Fortnite or something. Yeah. Or at the time, it probably was Minecraft. Uh, but they were so excited. They had a million ideas. They, they said, you know, we want to do this and that. And I, I was just writing everything down. Uh, so I knew the time was right. I, I decided I bought the equipment and everything and got started. That was back in, it was last year, actually. It was, it was the spring of 2017. That's really cool, and it's it's always fun when we have people on who do podcasts to listen, like how they started and what they did, and, and the whole process. Um, so, what obviously you kind of answered the question, but what was the admin um, reaction? Not only when you said you know when you pitched it, but when it actually hit and you, you launched the first episode. Well, the I didn't really even really have to pitch it, which is great. I, I was told one of the first things I was told was, "Do what you want, just don't burn the books." <laughs> which, which was which is great, and I wasn't burning books, so I really didn't have to worry too much about that. Um, and then when it came time to actually listen to it, it was just po- positivity. It was just we're, we're giving the teens a platform, so it was a it was a positive reaction overall. And isn't it great when you get buy-in from administration for something? I yes. mean, you didn't even have to really pitch it, which is even better. Yeah, I'm I'm blessed. I really am. I've heard yeah. horror stories. People want to do simple things in libraries and. You know, it's a lot of red tape you got to go through, and exactly. I luckily didn't have to jump through any hoops. That's great. So doing a podcast, you know, here with 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 what we do here, uh, if you even want to call this a podcast at this point. Oh no! Um, <laughs> you know, we know what goes into it, but you know, it took us a year and a half to figure this whole thing out because there's there's no Linda dot com for this, there's mm. no YouTube for this, and everybody, you know, they really do it differently. So, you know. We're about to get really geeky, so you know if everybody can just handle it for a minute, we'll, we'll, we'll get through this. Um, where did you, you know, where did you start? Because I, I had an idea, and that idea turned into okay, well, let me figure this out. And now, okay, there was a setback. Now, I, you mean you don't upload it directly to iTunes? What the heck do you do? Oh, you oh, need yes. an audio hoster. Oh, now, oh wait, this is going to cost money. Mm-hmm. Oh, how am I going to get equipment? How am I going to? You know, tell me what the process was for you. It, it was a lot of Googling, I, I will say. I, I learned everything from Google, I think. Um, I, I guess I started at the very beginning. I, I didn't know what mics to use. I didn't know if there was if I had to have a recording studio. You know, can, can I just do this in any room we have? 
Um, so I, after a bunch of Googling, I was kind of afraid of the soundboards and everything. I said, okay, I don't know if I, if I can learn this. I don't want to mess this up. So we went with the USB mic route. I decided to go with Yeti by Blue. Mm-hmm. And it just plugs right into the laptop. I, you can record right in there. Um, so speaking of recording, I didn't want to. I wanted to spend as little money as possible, so I found Audacity, and that which is free. So we use Audacity to record with the Yetis. And actually, I bought two Yetis, thinking, "Oh, great! I'll plug them both into the laptop, <laughs> and the kids can each record. If there's two kids, they can record one in one." But I learned you can't do that. You can only have one type of USB microphone plugged in at a time, unless you use. Um, forget what it's called some sort of digital it has to mask the the ip for the microphone or something i still don't really understand how that works but so i learned that the hard way we did too yeah so i i tried this ridiculous setup with two laptops one yeti in each and then you know i i like okay i'm gonna hit record at the same time on each laptop (laughs) it was ridiculous the teens were like what are you what are you doing miss lisa um so we now we just use one yeti at a time um it's usually just one teen talking at a time, so it, it hasn't been a problem. If it is two teens talking, I just say, okay, sit close to each other. Don't touch, but sit close to each other. <laughs> lean in, you know, towards the microphone, and it, it works out. So that, that part works out. Um, for audio hosting, yeah, that was another thing, too. I said, oh, I'll just well, have MP3s and just put them somewhere. I don't know. Right, yeah. I, I didn't think too closely about that. Um, we I, Again, I didn't want to spend a lot of money in the, in the beginning, so I went with free SoundCloud hosting. Okay. And it, it worked. You get three hours for free. You don't have to put a credit card in or anything. And that actually, that held us over for about a year. Wow, really? Yeah. It, it worked out because, and I, I guess I could talk about this further on, but we don't, rec- we don't release episodes as often you know, as some podcasts do. We do it roughly once a month. It's usually a little bit longer than that. Yeah. Um, so it did last, and then I got an email saying, "Oh, you're you have got 20 minutes left." So I, I panicked, and this was this was recently, and I did more research about other types of hosting, and we I actually just recently switched over to Libsyn. Okay. So now I figured, okay, SoundCloud is good for indie musicians and and whatnot. It's not as great of a home for podcasts, I think, even though it worked for us. I didn't want to stay there forever, so I, we moved everything over to Libsyn recently. Okay, yeah, we use Blueberry. Okay. So, yeah, that was one of the ones I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah, we just, I like Blueberry because of the plugin for uh, WordPress. Okay. Because it just makes it easy to drag and drop and it, it actually allowed us through that plugin to um, create the iTunes, to create the RSS feed and then get it to iTunes with the Apple mm-hmm. ID and password and Google Play and I think they have one for, Sti- they have a Stitcher link and there's a couple others too. Okay. So for us, it just worked out that way and it for us it's $20 a month. Okay, yeah, I so, think we pay 15 Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's not same bad. Same basic thing, yeah. And it's how much you upload and how much storage, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I knew we weren't going to do more than one episode a month anyway, so right. I knew that would be more than enough. Right, yeah. So, um, and it's just a matter of preference like anything else. Um, but it, that was something that was an eye-opener for me when we when I was looking into this thing. Oh, wait, wait where do we put our files? Yeah, and the, the RSS feed, too. I, I was like, oh, I had heard about that for um, like a news feed or something, you know, for, right. for blogs, but I, I didn't 
I'm like, okay, if they have this for a podcast, what, what do you do with it? And then I ran into the same problem as, oh, you don't actually upload your podcast to iTunes. You give them your RSS feed. So it was this. Then how do you create an RSS feed? It, exactly. And, and that was more Googling. What What is an RSS feed? Right, exactly. <laughs> Where is the RSS feed in SoundCloud? And did SoundCloud create it for you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and then that you was, were able to transfer it over? Yeah. Now, that, you, that was. You have to keep the SoundCloud account now like, to maintain that RSS feed, right? You, you can. I decided because I don't think we have hundreds of thousands of listeners I need yeah. to worry about. And no offense. I'm, I'm sure we hopefully have some listeners. But I wound up, I re uploaded everything to Libsyn. So mm-hmm. technically we have a new RSS feed. RSS feed yeah. And I, I put the new RSS feed in iTunes and well, Stitcher. And, right. So wasn't um, SoundCloud having some like financial problems about a year ago? I, I did hear about that. That's yeah. when I kind of had the thought, okay, maybe we won't stay here forever. Right. And I don't know how true that is. I've, you know, in my, again, in my Googling, people were saying, oh, if you're, if you're doing podcasts, don't stay away from you know, not not to trash them or anything. But, no, no. But people were saying things like... at the like, time, they said that they were having some financial exactly. problems. That's what kept us out of it, too. Because mm. even though it was free and it was more economical, um, it, I wanted a more stable solution. Yeah. And for us, it was Blueberry. So, so mm. that just worked out for us. Um, so how did you come out with... Like, talk about your... Um, for lack of a better way to describe it, your script. You know, we always mm. talk about the script we never use. Um, but in terms of how you structure it and how you organize it with the kids, is it like a free-for-all or you have a meeting and say, okay, what do you want to do this month or you're going to do this this month because they're teens? Mm. You know, tell me about the process, the, the back end, the production end of it for you. On my part, I wanted to do as little talking as possible. Not, not, not because, <laughs> which sounds awful, but it's more so I wanted to have the teens really being the ones who were running it. Right. So it is, I don't want to say it's a free-for-all, but it is more teen-centric in that way. We meet once a month. I, I actually am thinking about now trying to meet a little bit more often. It might be tough just because we, we, we have a lot of other programs going on too, and the, and the teens are overscheduled as it is. So I don't know if that will be possible. But at each meeting, I actually, I, I want to keep it kind of free form, and it's worked out for us so far. I basically say, okay, if you know what you want to talk about, talk to me about it first, and I'll, I'll, <laughs> yeah, give, you, exactly. I'll give you my approval, which I very, very rarely have to say no, which is awesome. But they, I do ask them to prepare at least bullet points at the very least. It doesn't have to be a full-on script. Uh, some of them do. A, a, couple to, a couple of them prefer to have a, a full script written and they just read it, you know, and then I, you know, usually just in one take they'll read it and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them, if, if, they, if I can get them to write out some bullet points, just to, just to have them focused because I have some teens that if I let them, they would, they would just talk endlessly <laughs> endlessly which is great but not so great when we have to manage time on the podcast because i like to keep it you know 30 minutes maybe a little bit more a little bit less um so yeah it's i don't tell them what to talk about they tell me what they want to talk about and i'll compile all of those segments i'll you know once i have enough content usually one recording once once a month i'll get enough content over the summer, it was a little harder because we didn't have as many people coming in or it was a little bit more erratic. And once I have enough content, I'll edit it all together and then I'll record my end, introducing what they're going to talk about on the episode and then like a little something in the middle, usually like a little ad. And then at the end, I'll just a quick outro. So do the kids like to talk more about um, 
because it's kind of like a hodgepodge of different things they talk about. Yes. Um, so they basically come to you with the idea. And how do you figure out what order they go in? I don't know if there's a science to it. I like to start with a book review, just because like, oh, we're a library. Might as well start with books <laughs> and go from there. Um, usually I'll just have, as long as it's, say if someone is going to have two segments in the episode, I'll have one in the beginning, one towards the end. I won't do two the same person twice. Right. But other than that, I, there's really not a science to it. No. No. And the kids, obviously, are enthusiastic about it. Very. They, Whatever they're passionate about, that second, basically, is what <laughs> they wind up talking about. Um, and it could be anything. Wow. We've had book reviews, uh, TV shows, movies, uh, games that they're playing. And it does get more serious, too. I have one girl. She is always doing different current events. So she'll do refugee crisis. Um, like she actually just did one. It was refugees in Greece that are having trouble going to school. And I had no idea that that was going on. So she's teaching me. And now hopefully, you know, once that episode comes out, we'll share that with the community too. Wow, that's pretty cool because they're doing more than just talking about Pokemon. And, <laughs> oh, but and they do. We did have a Pokemon Go on recently. <laughs> but and, and I think that's good. It's good to balance, you know, whatever it is that they love to talk about is important sure you know it doesn't it doesn't have to be the serious stuff and it's great that we have the serious stuff too but if it's an episode all about video games and and anime that's fine too well it it is geared the audience is teens Mm. so have you seen stats wise how you're doing with it i don't think we're we're not uh the most popular podcast on itunes well no I, i wouldn't no but it's just a matter of um you know seeing if you're reaching the target audience you know that I, I don't think we really had access to that in SoundCloud. It really was more how many listens did you get and mm-hmm. where in the world they were. So okay. I don't think it really got more nitty gritty than that. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a chance to delve too much into Libsyn yet to see what they're. You'll get addicted. Good. <laughs> You'll get very addicted. Good. Uh. You, it's amazing to see where people are listening to you mm. um, for for a long time until we mentioned them. Uh, we were huge in Japan. Really. And then we said hi to Japan and. Stopped. Oh no! It stopped cold. Like, oh, they they know we're listening. Oh no, no. <laughs> and I mean, we've had crazy places like Saudi Arabia, wow. um, Mongolia, uh, Fiji. Hello, Fiji. Fiji just started listening to us. <laughs> Don't go away, Fiji. Don't go away, please. Um, and then we have our listeners in Australia because we've had Australian guests on and, mm. and New Zealand, and so it, it really is interesting. You know the reach of how this works. Have you ever thought about doing remote? guests like maybe if somebody was let's say from latin america and they wanted to interview their their family who's still there or something like that i i would love that yeah right now it's all been recorded at the library you know whoever whoever is at the meeting and i've occasionally been able to do you know if someone knows they won't be able to make that meeting they'll work out with me to come a different time to come and record but it's always been in person so far and you record them in blocks and then kind of edit them together right? yeah i'll just do each like one audacity file per person or per segment and then kind of just go in and make one big master file you know episode seven and yeah you know 11 tracks or whatever it winds up being and mm-hmm. try to that which, which that was fun trying to learn how to stitch everything together but i promise librarians if you want to do it it's not that bad it's not that bad not that we edit it all here uh, oh, we no. try we try not to edit it all um except oh, for when i goofed up before then i have to edit that part out um, yeah, I don't edit too too much. I don't I don't edit for content unless it's you know unless I said something awful in the middle of it. Then I of course would edit that out. But right. I'll go through if there's a lot of ums. I'll I'll go in. I'll cut that out. Don't and you find it addicting too? Every bit. every little or every little. Oh, 
That speaking of with the with the knocking into things, I I love my teens, but they fidget. The in, the entire time. Do they do I, this too? The tapping on they'll, the. They'll tap. They'll bang. They'll clap. I'm like, guys, stop! Like, sit, please, sit still. And they'll say, okay, okay, and then they can't. Yeah, sit, which is yeah. which is fair. I mean, I can't sit still yeah, half the teams. time anyway. My hands are moving around as I'm talking now. But I bought. Originally, we had just had the stand that the Yeti comes on, mm-hmm. and you could hear every yeah. shift of movement. So we bought mic arms and like mm-hmm. a, and the little. Uh, I can't think of what it's called now. The mount? Yeah, the mount, but it, a shock mount. But oh, a shock okay. mount, uh, so in case they hit anything, right? <laughs> it'll it'll uh, absorb it a little bit. Right, yeah. We use, actually, with our mounts, not that everybody can see this, because <laughs> it's a podcast. <laughs> Good job, Chris. We took yoga mats and used yoga mats kind of like oh, as a wow. buffer. So, because the mounts stay permanently in the, in the table, mm. and the yoga mats, for lack of a better way to describe it, it's like the discs in your back kind oh, of wow. absorbs the... The sound. So when you tap, it's really it doesn't transfer that badly. Yeah, we unfortunately we well, if I start drilling into tables, then I might get in trouble. But we just the, the, there's a clamp attachment. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just clamp them on and off. Which, again, librarians, if you're thinking about doing this, if I'm the least mechanically capable person <laughs> I've ever met, and I, I'm able to do it, it's not that bad. So since we're trying not to scare librarians, and we're going to go off road from the script a little bit, tell us what your investment was monetarily with getting this up and running it, it wasn't i want to say we spent initially less than three hundred dollars so we would we bought the two yeti microphones which should have just bought one but we bought the two i think at the time they were about 120 dollars sounds about right yeah i think there was a sale on amazon it was amazon prime day or something um so we bought two of those and then for about 10 or 12 dollars each uh the little foam piece for the top of it the little mm-hmm. pop filter yeah and that was it, because we, we already had a laptop, and then the USB microphone goes right into the laptop, and Audacity was free. So that was the initial investment, and then, oh, see, now I'm hitting something. You this hit the good. mic. I hit the mic. I did, I did what I tell my teens not to do. Um, but then the, the arms were about $100 each. Yeah, that sounds about right. We, and we, we didn't buy that right away, so that's, if you want to just get this off the ground for, right. for like $120, if you already have a laptop. Exactly. Um, but then yeah, we bought the, the, the arm and the uh, mount, which was separate. But other than that, now, now the hosting is right. $15 a month, but nothing else. It, it, the, the point being that you can do this if you're a library that doesn't have a lot of money. You can still do something like this. Absolutely. And I was considering originally, instead of the Yeti USB microphone, doing the Snowball Okay. Which is which is the which is blues, I guess, more it's a beginner. One, it's it's yeah. small, but it's it's also I've I've seen other people that have it and it sounds great too. Mm-hmm. So it won't be as professional as being in a sound studio, but uh, <laughs> as she puts her arms yes. up in here. But honestly, you know, building something like this, if you had a, a spare room or a closet or study room, the investment isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you could convince your director to spend about two thousand dollars. You know, the sound installation is very, very cheap on Amazon. The board, I think, was $225. Okay. The mic cords are like $7 each. The arms were, we have four arms, so it was $100 each. The mics mm. were $100 each. Uh, the little pop filters are like 4 bucks. Mm. But even when we were recording with our little portable thing that you saw us using it at the Long Island Library Resources Council, yes. that's just a four-track. That was 100 bucks. Um, if you have an iPad, you already have an iPad, mm. and then those microphones were three for fifty-eight bucks. Yeah, I, I think it. I mean, obviously, every every library has a different budget, but I think more importantly is the time, mm-hmm. which I mean, 
you can't really put a price on that. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I do it all myself. I'm the only librarian involved in this particular venture, and I make it happen. So, I mean, it, it, I guess if you could have more than one person involved, that'd be better, but... But one person can do it. I, or maybe actually, maybe maybe more than one person would be, it maybe be too, too many, many podcasters in the right. studio. Well, it depends on what you're doing now, right? Because if you're doing, if you're simply facilitating for the teens, the teens are really doing all the work. True. You're just doing all the production end on the other side, um, and maybe cutting a commercial or something. Yeah, I do very little content. It's just you know I let them do their recordings, then I put it in some sort of unscientific order <laughs> and then uh just do my my recording is a minute the intro the outro is about a minute mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's more the the back end work and the, but what's hard is getting off desk to do it you know this is all work i cannot do on the reference desk yeah it'd, it'd be a little hard you know with my oh, headphones in oh wait i have to hit pause because i have to ask oh they're looking for a grisham book okay exactly, exactly. Yeah. now i hit the mic good job chris <laughs> Um, so in terms of that back end, again, going off-road a little bit, um, where did you find your music? Because that's another thing that people have this misconception about. I'm going to use Pink Floyd as the wall from a year. No, no, you're not. No, you're that's not. not happening. Not unless you want to contact Pink Floyd and spend a lot of money. Yeah. Um, originally, we had used a website called Ben Sounds, mm-hmm. and it was royalty-free music, but then when I checked again more recently, it said you couldn't use it for podcasts which I found interesting. You could use it on YouTube and, and video, but you couldn't use it for podcasting. At the time when I was using it, you could. So if you if you ever listen to the Pequa podcast, our theme song changes. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I cannot remember the name of the website that I got it from, but I, I, I believe it was actually Blueberry had on their website a, a, an article about royalty-free music, and then they listed a couple of, of websites that do have legal royalty-free music and then i downloaded that and just cut a little portion of it for our for our theme song yeah um and there's stuff on itunes although it seems to be narrowing the amount of royalty-free music that's on itunes which i found interesting because i went back because i was just looking maybe to refresh things up a little bit and i went back to the same to find the same album i had gotten some of my music from and Mm. it wasn't there anymore oh wow so what's going on oh yeah this is something going on with itunes we don't know about um, but there are so many other resources out there for royalty-free music. Yeah, if you if you Google royalty-free music, I mean, you'll find something. Um, and then just make sure it's podcast safe, which was something I, I was unaware of. I thought royalty-free meant royalty-free, but apparently some web you know some websites can distinguish between the usage of it. So yeah. just be aware of that. Yeah, it's kind of uh, maybe because it's being played all the time. Maybe they think they need to get paid, but mm. I don't know. Well, I'm I'm not doing that. No, we're, <laughs> I, we're, we're I not need something royalties. free. No. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and if they would come after a library podcast, like, well, how desperate are you? No, oh, I hope not. <laughs> I don't want to give them any openings, though. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Uh, so you said you used a laptop. You use a, a Windows laptop? or yes, a, yeah. a Windows, yeah. Okay. Um, and Audacity is great because it's free. Yeah. No, it's, it's free. It downloads quick. It's pretty... And it's, and it's powerful. It is. There's... I want to say I'm using maybe 20% of its capabilities. The, I could see all the different effects you can add, and I just... I don't know. I use it just to splice audio and cut out pieces and they add have music. A good, they actually have a good fade. Um, yes, I do that too. Yeah. I use fade in, fade out. But okay, so after those, the, that, after that's that, all that, I use too. Yeah, so. <laughs> and, and the noise reduction because depending on where I land for where I can record, most of the rooms in the library have some sort of hum going on. Yeah, probably exactly. from the HVAC system. Exactly. Yeah. So, but it, I have to say, it's 
it works. It's just like a noise reduction feature. You you pick a piece of silent audio, and it does it automatically for you, and the hum usually goes away. Yeah, it really is great. There's also a website that I use, uh, especially if I get somebody on the, the podcast where they're not close enough to the mic, and mm. no matter what I do or tell them, they, really, they talk really soft, and you can't hear them. Oh, no. There's a website called ophonic.com. Okay. And they will give you, I think it's two or three hours of audio for free where they will, when you import the file to them, it auto-corrects corrects the levels as I hit the mic again. <laughs> I'm fired. It's me. Am I cursed? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just, just the angle of my mic. Um, so you can import it and it'll auto-correct. Oh, that's It'll excellent. auto-correct all the levels and level it out. And it does it in, I've done an hour and 20 podcasts and it crunches it in like three or four minutes. Oh, wow. So it's like, wow, this is, this is a great tool. I should look into that because I have the same problem with my teens. I tell them, sit close to the mic, and then they'll inevitably be you know, sitting way back here, and then they sound like they're in another room, and it's, yeah. it could be frustrating. But, yeah. uh, but Ophonic is great. And I got that from Sally Turbot from Turbot and Duck down in Australia. Okay. Um, so a big shout-out to them, as usual. I, I love them. They're great. <laughs> yes, I, I'm a fan of this podcast, so I've heard them. Oh, excellent. <laughs> um, so how are the kids at recording? You're talking about maybe not being you know, too far away from the mic or something. Do you have to – how do I put this night? Duct tape them into the chair? Because no, I don't do that <laughs> yet. No. <laughs> not yet, no. But in terms of just getting them corralled, do you have a day, like a writing day, and say, today you're going to write what you want to say? No. We, so each meeting is strictly a recording meeting. But if you're not speaking, I do ask you to sit with a notepad and – at the very, very least, just jot some ideas down. Um, I do have some teens that I really, I do, I do tell them, please, you need to outline more than others because you wander a lot. Yeah. Um, which, which again, I don't mind. It, I don't want it all to sound scripted. So if they start to go off on tangents, it's not the end of the world. But a lot of times, it will mean a lot of editing for me. Right. Because they'll, first of all, they all. And I have this problem, too, but they all speak really, really fast. Yes. I noticed that when I was listening. <laughs> they talk so fast, and I can't even believe they're talking about Harry Potter. And Harry Potter did. <laughs> I like, know. Wait, and, wait. I'm checking on the, on the app to see if I'm hitting, like, one and a half or two speed. <laughs> and I do. I tell them, please, you need to. And they, they, I don't think they can, some of them. Um, so editing that when they are rapid fire going is very difficult. So sometimes you got to some... zoom in on that audio, oh, right? Well, as, as zoomed in as I can go, and I'm cutting out like milliseconds of audio. Um, when they start to stumble over their words and say, "Wait, no, it was actually this," and then <laughs> yeah, so that or the word "like" a thousand times. Oh, I and that I used to in the very very beginning. I was very precise about trying to edit that out. I I don't do that as much anymore. I can't. Some of them, you know, there's only so much, and I'm I'm guilty of it too. We're all guilty of our sure. verbal tics, but sure. you know, there's only so much editing I could do before I lose my mind. <laughs> so tell us about the, the the spots that you put in the middle. Oh yes, my little ads, my little my little commercials. So I'm not advertising for mattresses or <laughs> or, or clothing stores. Oh, whoa! She just popped off her uh, her microphone cord. Oh my god! I'm so sorry. That's okay. That happens. Yeah, that's why I usually put an extender on there. Okay, sorry that's, about that. That's just our ghost, <laughs> if you hear that moaning in the background. Um, oh, yes, so my little ad. So, yes, yeah. I'm not selling anything, of course, at the library, but I figured a lot of podcasts, they do take a break somewhere, usually in the middle, mm-hmm. uh, to advertise for their sponsors. So I said, okay, well, I want to make this 
feel and sound like a real podcast. Well, it is a real podcast, but I want it to sound like a mainstream podcast. So I'll, it's the last thing I do before I put the episodes out. So I'll say, okay, you know, today is November 2nd. I'm going to release the episode either this weekend or Monday. What's coming up in the next week or two? And then I'll see, okay, what, what programs or events are coming up that I want to highlight? And then I'll, I'll write up just a, a little 30-second cheesy piece i'll put on put on my commercial voice <laughs> and and just record something quick and welcome to the massapequa public library exactly actually one of the um in the beginning i had some teens that did some ads for me but lately they haven't wanted to um but i had a teen in my last episode he said oh, i want to do an ad for the library i said well we're you know they're listening to a library podcast so i'm hoping they know about the library but you know they have it makes some sense yeah no, and it was cute. He's like, "Oh, come on down to the library at Forty Harbor Lane." So it was, it was cute. <laughs> that is, really I, ke- cool. I kept that in there. That yeah, that really is cool. So, what's the future like for podcasting, Master Peacock? Have you thought about branching out and doing different and more podcasts? Or? Yes, I, I've re- I would love to start just a general library podcast, so not just the teens talking. It would actually mm-hmm. be the librarians talking, right. um, either about programs coming up or community events. Um, I haven't talked to any of the other librarians about this yet, so I'd have to get their buy-in, too, because I definitely can't run two podcasts just by myself. Um, and I'd also, I would really like to consider doing something with, like, a Massapequa Memories Project. Yes, where, definitely. That's yeah, a great idea. I would, like, oral histories. And it, would, mm-hmm. and it could actually run kind of like the Pequa podcast runs, where it would just be other people telling their stories about their lives in Massapequa, either growing up in Massapequa or... Anything. And that reminds me of, um, you know, Chris Kratz, right? Yes. Yeah, and his local history podcast. Mm. Um, and uh, that's exactly what he does. He finds somebody who talks about, you know, Long Island history, and he interviews them for however long they want to talk. Yeah. So I, I think doing that with patrons who are in that library district could, it, not only would it be beneficial to people in the district, but think about people who moved away. Yeah. Who, you know, maybe... Oh, it's something from Massapequa. Oh, I lived there for 30 years, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Now I'm in Florida or North Carolina or Texas. Yep. And you can listen to, oh, I used to remember where this was out, down on Park Avenue or whatever exactly. else. They're talking about All-American and the preserve and everything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know my parents grew up in Massapequa, and they, they love telling stories. I have to get them on the, on the podcast if they want to That may be a good way to, to as yeah. a jump-off point, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think we have a lot of older patrons that come in, I, I think, and we have a lot of senior programming that mm-hmm. we do. I, I think that's that would just be a natural next step. So. Well, it's interesting to me um, with Nassau County um, how some areas the, the people stay and some people, some areas a little more transient, some mm-hmm. places, you know, everybody, baby boomer generation has gone. They're in Florida mm-hmm. and it's all new people. Or but at least half the year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So... Um, it's interesting uh, how people in Massapequa tend to stay in Massapequa. They do. I mean, even just growing up, my neighbors, I don't live in Massapequa anymore, but my neighbors, I think most of them grew up in Massapequa. And even if they left for a little while, they came back. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely. And, and, the, and the library patrons, too, they'll say, oh, I've lived here for 50 years. You know, the, I remember when the library first started. And yeah. So it, it, I think it would be something to, to consider. I want to maybe try to work with our, our librarian that works with seniors and see if he'd be willing to, to work with me. Sure. Do you have a local history librarian as well? I don't know if that's his official title, but he's, I think he's part of the histor- Historical Society. Okay. So, that may be a yeah. place to start. Well, exactly. We could tap into that connection. And not changing subjects, but we just have to say one thing real quick. We have to say Ellen Druda. 
So we can get $11 from Ellen Druda. Oh, so excellent. That's $22 right there, Ellen Druda, $33. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense to do something like that. And even in terms of we have a, a few really, really old, much older patrons in their 90s, and we'd like to get them in here and have them bring pictures. Oh, that would be nice. Because then maybe we can have somebody take video and then do like a Ken Burns kind of thing, editing the whole thing together with the sound and, and some oh, video. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's beyond my capabilities i think <laughs> maybe again I, I like challenges so maybe i'll or teach maybe, myself or maybe you get a teen who's good with a camera that that was another thing at least with the with the Pequa podcast in the very beginning i had advertised it as even if you don't want to be in in front of the mic if you want to work behind the scenes with me that would that was an option i didn't get any interest in that but that's something i i'm hoping one day i'll find that one teen that i know is more tech Inclined, who would, mm-hmm. ma- who would maybe want to either make music or, or do editing. You'll find one. There's always one in the <laughs> There's group. always one, of course. Do they have any programs in the high school you could tap into that would kind of... I, I know they had a radio station when I was there. I went to Massapequa High, mm-hmm. so I don't know if they still do. But that, that is something to consider. Yeah, sure. Because if, if there's an advisor or somebody there that knows, or maybe they even do production there, mm. you know, there may be something you could tap into. Absolutely. So... I want to thank you for coming in and, and chatting with us because it's always exciting to talk to somebody else who's a podcaster. Now, a podcasting librarian? I mean, <laughs> how do you beat that, right? At least for me. I, I think it's great. Um, so, believe it or not, it is her time. And I know she's been sweating this a little bit because she's a listener of our crazy podcast. Um, she is our next victim in the top 10 library questions or 032 list, which is the Dewey number of top 10 lists. And we always have to tell... Everybody about our friend Melanie Cardone from the Longwood Public Library for naming the list of questions to ask our guests. So we'll be back in just a moment. We are back with Lisa Zuana. I got it right every single time, didn't I? It's Zuena. Zuena. Close. close. It's close. I'm used to it. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. With a last name like mine, I know what you mean, yeah. Um, so she's our next participant in the 032 list as I touch my microphone again. Um, the questions on our list are inspired by Literary Hub, an informative library-related news site that has so- stories and interviews related to library land. You can see their work by visiting lithub.com and visit their site because they do educate and inform the library world on great topics from all over the world. I said world twice in one sentence. Great job. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Literary Hub. So now this is your turn yes. to be on the 032 list. I'm ready. Okay. You ready? <laughs> okay. So what did you want to be when you were a child? I wanted to be a writer. I still do, but I remember I was... When I when I moved out of my parents' house, I was cleaning out all of my all of my many things from my childhood because my mom kept everything and still does. But I found old comic books I used to draw and write, and they were awful. Absolutely, I, <laughs> my my drawing 
abilities haven't changed much. They were just talking heads, you know, Sailor Moon and Sonic the Hedgehog comics. So it was, <laughs> it was nothing profound, but I've, I've always had that bug to, to write. And I, I don't want to be a comic book writer anymore, but, <laughs> but always wanted to be a writer. And what was your first memory of a library and who brought you to the library for the first time? I remember going to the bookmobile. That was my first memory. Uh, my mom, it, they actually used to park right up from my block where I lived. So my mom would walk me up there. I think they came once or twice a week and we would always walk up there. And I recently found out that one of the women that worked on the bookmobile still works at the library. So I told her, I don't unfortunately remember you, but you saw me when I was a little girl. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so we don't have the bookmobile anymore, but, but I, I loved that thing. I think a lot of people did. That's really cool. So uh, when did you decide, decide to work in a library? And if, uh, we kind of talked about this, but if it wasn't your first career choice, you know, what else was it? But go ahead. You can just jump into it. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I, I'm a first career librarian. I decided in college that I needed to do something with <laughs> for a job because an English degree wasn't going to get me very far. Um, and I originally was going to go into teaching. And I think I had just missed a cutoff to join their program at Adelphi uh, by like a semester or something. So that didn't pan out, and I'm very glad it didn't. But I decided, I guess, a junior or senior year in college to, to go right into library school. So I went right in. I graduated 2011 from Adelphi and went that same that same year right into Queens. So who is your favorite fictional librarian? If it was a couple of months ago, I would have said Giles from Buffy because mm-hmm. he's the best. But I just read Strange the Dreamer, by Lainey Taylor. It's a YA novel. Okay. Um, and the main character, Laszlo Strange, is a librarian. So he is now my favorite librarian. That may be a first for us. <laughs> Excellent. So what would you be doing if you weren't working in a library? Uh, probably stuck in an office somewhere, realistically. Um, but I, I, th- I would like to think I would have pursued, of, actually, of all things, ornithology. Really? Really. I, I love birds. I'm, I'm that kind of nerd. You know, <laughs> on the weekends, I'm, you know, if I'm not playing Dungeons and Dragons, I'm bird watching. So uh, I, I think I would have maybe pursued becoming an ornithologist. Wow. Tre- trek around the world looking Having, at birds. Again, another first for us. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite section of the library? Now, originally, this question was supposed to be fiction, nonfiction you know, mysteries, but since libraries have now blossomed into all these different things, it could mean anything. I think it has to be our teen room. I, I love it. It's it's new. It's only about a year old, but I, I wish I had that when I was a teen. It, it's this little room where it's just teens allowed in from 6th through 12th grade. There's a giant TV. I think it's like 70 or 80 inches. Ooh. It's I, I drool. I, I, I want it for my house. <laughs> but uh, it's got that. It's got video games, board games. Uh, my great co-worker, Pamela Patwell, she's the other young adult librarian at Massapequa. She does rotating collaborative art uh, displays and crafts. So it's it's got a little bit of something for everyone in there. That sounds like it's a lot of fun. I got yeah. to come see it. So if you had infinite space and budget, what would you add to your library? I have a boring answer for that. I think I would just want more space. I, I just, I want more rooms to do cool things in. Um, you know, I would love to have a recording studio. I'd love to have a place for people, you know, maybe a, like a printing press for local indie authors to be able to, to print out their books, you know, to self-publish. Um, so just just more space. To, to do cool stuff in. Isn't that always the challenge, though, <laughs> too, right? It is. I mean, there's only so far up you can build or, you know, 
or out into or your out. parking lot. Right. Yes. Exactly. I don't know if that's even an option. Parking is overrated, right? <laughs> right, yeah. yeah sure. You don't have to park your car. It's exactly. fine. So what do you love about your library? I love that we have the freedom to just take chances. Um, I think a lot of people would be afraid in, in some places to say, oh, I want to do a podcast or I want to do um, you know, any sort of project with, with teens that you know, you don't, teen, teens, I love them, but they're, you know, you never know what you're going to get. You don't know if they're going to love something or hate something or love it one second and hate it the next second. So I don't have to be afraid to fail. And I, I think that's invaluable. I think a lot of people don't have that, unfortunately. And a lot of people don't realize that failing isn't a bad thing either. No, no, it doesn't have to be yeah. at all. So what is, and I always have to preface this, but not by, not the worst thing, but the weirdest thing that's ever happened in your library. And remember, we don't have an explicit rating on <laughs> iTunes. No, no. I, th- I, I think one of the weirdest things was a recent thing. A woman had a Geiger counter <laughs> in the library. And I, was it going off? Yes. <laughs> so oh, no. all, all of a sudden, I hear this, and I'm like, okay, I've, I've played Fallout. I know what that sound is. So I look, and I see, and she's got this Geiger counter, and she's telling us it's from the Wi-Fi, which <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't know about that. But, but she meant well, because she said to me, oh, you know, you really should consider getting another job. This is very dangerous. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to do that, but... That was very strange. A Geiger counter. Yeah. That's a, another first. That's a good <laughs> oh, one. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Did she have tinfoil lined underneath her hat or something? Oh, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Okay. So who is your favorite regular patron? Now, sometimes this is a hard question for people because you know, we see so many people mm. on, a, on a daily basis. But do you have a regular or a couple of different regulars? Uh, I, I mean, I, I do work with adults and teens. I, I, the cop-out answer would be, say, would be for me to say all my teens, but um, <laughs> <laughs> which I won't. But uh, I, I think it, he's... An, I guess it's cheating. He's not a regular patron anymore, but he used to come in all the time. And now he's not one of my teens anymore. He's actually one of my programmers, which I think is excellent. He actually made his own company. And he's only 18. He's right out of school. His name's Nick. Um, and he just recently came in to do a VR program with us. So, Wow, that's kind of satisfying too, yeah. right? No, absolutely. He, I remember I helped write his scholarship essay for college, and then a couple of months later he reached back out to me to say, oh, I have this company, you know, can I come do programs at the library? So the fact that that came full that's circle. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, ple- I wish at 18 I had the ability to make my own company, but so wow. he's, so it's a, I'm cheating a little bit. He's not a regular anymore, but he used to be. And now be. he now he regularly comes back in another way. Well, you planted the seeds, right? <laughs> yes. I, well, I, I doubt I was... Uh... <laughs> well, you had to be part of it. Okay. I'll take... Hey, <laughs> take it, right? Sure. And our last question. What are people without library cards missing out on? I, th- I think they're just missing out on opportunities to, to better themselves. Um, I We have so much... And just recently, we set out a table for our for the great get, give back mm-hmm. that started out here in Suffolk, and now NASA we're we're jumping on board. But uh, I set out a table for our teen advisory board to show how the library gives back to the community. And I said, okay, let me let me print out some flyers about all of our resources, and then I'm I'm going through, and it's like, of course, I know about all these resources, but when you put them out on a table, you know, all the different eBooks we lend Kindles out, we have Roku's, um, all of our databases for language learning and everything. Just seeing it out like that, it's like I want to now take this table and just you know strap it on to myself and run through the community to say, look at what we have. You know, we, there's so many opportunities for you to come in and and just t- 
to learn and not just left. It's fun too, of course. It's entertainment on top of it. Of course, yeah. No, it's not just the stodgy old place where you have to learn. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I, you're missing out on on everything. Yeah. (laughs) It really is a magical, amazing place. And I I love telling people like, oh, librarian, huh? When are you going to grow your hair long and put it in a bun? And you just want to go. I didn't punch anybody in the face, but let's just say that it feels really good to think about that. Yeah. No, I had a patron. What do you do all day? I said, well, how long do you have for me to go through all of everything I do all day? Or I'd love to work in a library. I love to read. Oh, I hate that. Uh, I hate that. It's like, I like to read too, but yeah. I can't do it at the desk. It's like, yeah, reading? Yeah, not so much. This, we have way no. too many other things to do. Exactly. One, one old gentleman came up to us once and goes, you saw the VR and all the makerspace stuff that we're mm-hmm. doing. He goes, since when did libraries become an entertainment place? And I, I kind of point, I pointed up to the fiction collection and said, since they made fiction books? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, so, that, uh, that's not yeah. great. No, it's not. But there's always going to be people out there, regardless of what you do in life. You know, people like cops, they hate cops. They like teachers, they hate teachers. Absolutely. You know, there's always going to be that. Yeah. But it seems like we're kind of like, we're one of those, those groups that either love them or hate them. Mm. But you know what? We have more love, people that love us than hate us. Oh, so. definitely no. I, I, the, most of the people that come in are happy. They, they really they genu- genuinely love what we're doing for them. Right. Of course, you're always going to get the angry people. There's angry people everywhere. There's angry people. Exactly. <laughs> but, no, we're but, in New York after all. Oh, please. Yeah. But, uh, but most of the people that come in are... They, well, the people that we already see, they know what we have generally. So right. it's trying to get out there and... Getting it out to the people who don't come in. Exactly. And I just I, have like an old crier to run out to the town square, I know, right? square and say, oh, Kindles. And that's another Rokers. whole podcast episode we could talk about <laughs> yes. that. God. I mean, you just came to, you went to a marketing thing here too. Yes. So For social media. Yeah. So yeah, that's another whole podcast. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for being such a great sport and answering our questions. And do you have anything you want to talk about? Plug. Uh, well, listen to the, the Pico the podcast. The Pico podcast. <laughs> um, we are eventually hopefully in the winter, going to be starting a zine club for our teens. Cool. Um, and we also have a writer's club that's going on. So I'm hoping to collaborate the two clubs together to make some sort of like literary magazine to, to hopefully publish for the community. So keep an eye out for that. Very cool. Anything else you want to plug? Like Twitter, Facebook, or whatever? Uh, well, at my library, we have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, you can find me on Twitter if you want to see cats and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and random library things. It's just at Lisa Zawana. Um, but, yeah. Very cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. this was fun. This yes. was a lot of fun. So that's all, all the time we have for this edition of the podcast. And uh, if you have any questions or comments on the show... Visit us uh, on our contact us section of our website, thelibrarypros.com, and we'll have links and photos from this uh, episode, and we have them on all of our episodes, actually. And you can visit us on Twitter at, at the Library Pros or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thelibrarypros. And that's way too loud, so we're going to knock that down a little bit. <laughs> and uh, don't forget, too, to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and um, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, and don't don't forget to tell a friend because that's how we uh, get our news about our podcast out there. So remember, the views expressed are those of Chris and Bob if you were here and not those of Sagem, Emma, or any other library, including Master Pico. So we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Library Pros Podcast. The Library Pros are brought to you by Pippet Productions and by the Library Pros themselves, Kristen Cristofaro and Bob Johnson. Special thanks to Sagem Public Library for providing space for this podcast. 
Until the next turn of the page, I'm your announcer, Carlton Welch.